Hello and welcome to All Things Family Law Podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Buckley, and Donna Hart. Today we're joined by Sarah Ashworth from Strategic Intervention, also known as SASI, or SASI, which is great. <laughs> Sarah, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to start your business? Well, I, I, was in, I had a, a corporate background. I've been working for major companies in London for 20-25 years and I started training um, sales teams and it was always fascinating why somebody with the same equipment and level of knowledge in that some people would be really really successful and other people weren't as successful so it was like really interesting to me so I found out I wanted to understand what was holding them back and help release the brakes. And there's a story, isn't there, about your sort of vision about your business and what you wanted to do and where you wanted to be. Weren't you on a train? I was. I was. I was. It was a very wet Monday morning, and I was catching the train from um, Tunbridge into into London. My normal journey. And it was at quarter to seven in the morning, and pouring down, squeaked into a train seat and everybody was soaking and dripping all over each other <laughs> and I just sat there and wrote him it was a file of facts in those days yeah. <laughs> wrote him a file of facts you know my vision of where I wanted to be what I wanted to be doing and it was a, you know coaching and offering retreats for people who've lost their way again and relationships um, living by the sea running a dog up and down the beach oh. Uh, just everything that I so wanted. you had a proper vision of, of, of where you wanted to be. Um, so would you think that the first step would be to sort of think that out and write it down? Totally. So, yeah. I think writing down your dream or your vision, um, it, it helps make it happen, doesn't it, rather than just thinking about it? Well, you've got to get it out of your head and you've got to get it down and you've got to read it then. You've got to every now and again just look at it. Because you've got a part of your brain called the reticulator activating centre. And what that does is your brain is so amazing and so powerful. If you noticed everything that was going on around you, it would be complete overload. Mm. So you have to decide what it is you want. Mm. And so if you were going out into Exeter now and you wanted a pair of red shoes, you've put that into your reticulator activating center, you'll go up and you'll be able to eliminate everything else and focus just on the red shoes. That's the same with the things that you want in life, the way you want it to go. If you decide that, right, I, I want to start a coaching company or a counselling service or a, a family law company, and you put that into your reticulator activating system, you just notice the things that's going to take you on the next step. And it all just seems to materialise around you and the people turn up, but you notice them. Yeah. So it's really important to, to understand that. So it's like the sort of power of positive thinking. Yeah, the law of attraction, if yeah. you want. Yeah. 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 And what, what sort of services does your, does your business offer? I had, um, was just going through your website earlier and there was some sort of interesting things like personal mindset mastery, which I thought sounded quite interesting, and matrix re-imprinting. Can you tell us a little bit more about what services you offer? Well, talking therapy is, is really, really good. Normal psychology... But talking about things, your conscious mind only works and operates about between 3 and 5% of your day. So that, that's when you're getting your creative thoughts and things like that and you know what you want to do. 
but your unconscious mind or your subconscious mind is actually running everything else. So every thought that you have is coming from your subconscious mind. And so talking therapy is in that 5%. So when you're sat there and you're talking, the things that you're talking about is absolutely reasonable. It makes sense. I know I should be doing this. If I do this and I do this and I do this, things will change. So you've got that in your 5%. But then you go, what you walk out of the door and it's everything that's in your past that that's subconsciously working you. Mm. So you know what you should do, but you don't do it. So is that where people get their sort of self-limiting beliefs from? Yes. Yeah, and but, do you, that, and a lot of that is. Um, are you saying that a lot of that is connected to what may have happened to you in the past? Usually, every belief you have about yourself is formed before you're six or seven. Right, that's and quite young, isn't it? Really? It, it's well, when you're born, you you come in and you're in a different brainwave because you have to learn things really, really quickly. So you're not in your alpha brainwave, you're in your hypnotic brainwave. So you're just seeing and copying and hearing and listening to everything that's going around you. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to filter because you, it's your reality. So you will believe, obviously, what your mummy and your daddy are saying to you, your nanny, your granddad, or the teacher, or the grumpy next door neighbour that's called you names because you've thrown a ball over mm -hmm. the wall or... And you absorb what's being said and you don't challenge it. Mm. And that becomes your truth. Yeah, and you know both Rachel and, and my background where we were both born into circumstances where that belief was imposed on us quite early on that yeah. you wouldn't succeed just because of our backgrounds. Um, and for some people, you know, we always say that, don't we? There are people that won't go beyond that. They will believe that. But there are other people that manage to sort of push themselves out of that. And that's their driving force, if you like, to prove people wrong. Absolutely. So do you, you help people to sort of get past those self-limiting beliefs, do you? Well, that's what Matrix Reimprinting right. is about, because you can't, you can't challenge something on the subconscious from the conscious. Hmm. It, you know, that's why talking therapy is really, really good if it's a pro problem in the moment. But to get rid of those self-limiting beliefs... So, for example, if a couple, if one of them was showing, you know, like quite quite a lot of jealousy or wanting to control somebody and they're blaming their partner the whole time, you know, I've got to do this because actually they need to be looking inward because that's their problem, not their partner's problem. So it's how they're, be... they're perceiving the actions mm. of their partner. And that might be because of something that may have happened to them in the past, Absolutely. which has caused them to be fearful jealous. and become jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And wanting to cling on to people. You know, it could just be that the, the parents had three siblings and one of them was the favourite and they felt mm. left out and ostracised and just wanted to get their attention and matrix reimprinting it, it sounds like as if you're going to sort of put something through a, a photocopier or something and, and sort of change it it sounds quite dramatic what 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 exactly is it if someone was sort of thinking about about having that done well it's almost it what i try and do or what i do do is take people into their unconscious state so it's almost like hypnosis but I not see. as deep yeah but we go back into a memory i don't i don't give too much of it away because it's better if it if it if you surprise yeah. people yeah, yeah. <laughs> how long does it take is it different for everybody yeah or? yeah well what we try and do is if there's an emotion or a feeling that that's re reoccurring 
So if it is a feeling of jealousy, you know, or, or anger, mm-hmm. um, you you focus in on the anger, you focus in the jealousy, and then you go, well, when was the last time you felt that this this emotion inside of you? And they'll go back, and they'll get back to about 16 maybe. And then we go, the, the younger we can trace it mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. the better. And then we follow it through. We follow the thread of jealousy or anger. And there were, for example, there was one chap, and he, he was in his 50s, and really, really angry, a very angry man, very successful. Um, but he was getting angrier and angrier, and he was getting angry with his clients, and he was getting angry mm. with his family, and, and it was causing huge, huge issues for him. Mm. And he came, and we traced it back, and we traced it back to a school event where he was, it, it was actually primary school, and he was playing with a toy, a toy train, and one of the other little boys wanted the toy train and, and snatched it off him. And he was trying to ask nicely for it back, but the little boy wouldn't give it him back, so he got really, really angry and got the train back off him. And then we, we went further back to play school incident, but it ended up where he was actually in a carry cart. Wow. He, it went back that far, and he was a baby, and the, his parents had taken him to visit friends. They were in the car. They put the carry cart back in the car, and he had a favourite blue toy, little cuddly blue bunny which he's still got mm-hmm. can't tell you who he is mm-hmm. um, and he woke up so he's a baby and he woke up because we can go right the way back and um, he realised that his, his baby wasn't there so he started making noises in the back of the, the car and then he started crying and his mum's there trying to put the dummy or the bottle in his mouth to keep him quiet but he kept spitting it out and, mm-hmm. and he got angrier and angrier because he was so distraught about losing the, the little blue teddy bear and um, the mother goes, oh we've, we've left his, his comfort toy, we've left his comfort and his dad's going, no, 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 we're not going back now and he, he said... I mean, he, he was in the moment, he said, I was screaming and screaming and screaming because I could not survive without this toy, I needed it. And in the end, the, his, his father turned round, went back and got it. So the belief he made in that moment was, if I want to get what I want, I yeah. need to get really, really angry. Yeah. yeah. So we, we dispelled that now. We brought it forward a little bit and go, you know, you didn't have a voice then. You couldn't verbalise what it was you wanted to happen. It was the only way you could communicate. Are there other ways that you can communicate now? And he's going, yeah. So you have to challenge the belief when the belief is set. Yeah. So we challenged the belief and the minute you challenge it, he made a new belief that he could communicate now. He could talk, he could ask, he could, you know talk things through and he didn't have to get angry but it's amazing that something that's been happening for a number of years can be rectified but quite quite easily in a moment yeah you've got to get to the core belief yeah but the minute you get there and you don't change the core belief unless i don't go in and change the core belief i i just ask them whether there's another way they would deal with it now that they were 50 rather than six months Mm. well so it can change somebody's life really it does. Yeah. He yeah. he does not have an anger issue anymore. Mm. And in fact, once you've been through the process, you forget that that was the way you... It just unravels everything. So you never go there again. So it makes yeah. you think about whether this sort of stuff could be used in prisons and, 
you know, where people have had really tough lives, but nobody's looking at the reason behind why perhaps they're there. And it's and I think you've said I think you've said to us before that you've been working with some sports people as well, haven't you, to sort of help them unlock their potential and get past their sort of self-limiting beliefs so that they can actually win competitions. Well, I'm working with an Olympian at the moment, oh, and he's de- he's trying to trying to get to the Tokyo Olympics this year, and we've I've put a, together a program for him. I'm working, and he had to get through a world championship in the last couple of weeks to guarantee a place and it's cycling and it's down to a fraction of a second I mean I find that incredible you know that a fraction of a second can make the difference between Mm. him going to Tokyo or not going and he had to get placed and and he had you know there was a lot of fears he's been through a lot Mm. with issues in the past few years and that and um, and he's got his place so it's oh, got his place. Yeah. So brilliant! <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And you've you've helped him give give him that confidence. Yeah. Well, we had to go. We, we did EFT. We did matrix reimprinting. Yeah. Emotional psychology is huge. We all believe that we're controlled by our emotions. We can't help how we feel, but we absolutely can. And mm-hmm. when you give people the power over that as well, mm. it, it's. So it's got to be on every level. It's got to be psychological, but it's got to be emotional. And and you've got to be able to remove those beliefs that are holding you back. The minute you take those breaks off, people just fly. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? So, and uh, so, you know, you've, you've sort of helped a variety of um, different people, but you also have couples as well, don't you, who are maybe going through relationship difficulties... What, what sort of work do you do with couples that are in, in having those difficulties? Well, I, were, I was trained by Tony Robbins and a lady called Chloe Madonis, and I mean, I absolutely adore their work. It's, it's fast, it's logical. They've taken the best of psychology and packaged it so people can understand it really, really quickly. So when a couple arrives in my office and they sit down, I mean, it takes so much courage to pick up the phone and admit that that they've got problems Mm -hmm. but if they don't do that the problems are just going to get worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. and sometimes you've got to a level where you know that there's not there's there's no real way that the marriage can be saved but it can help with the divorce process it can make things easier it can help the children they're not using each other it can help them sort of come to accept that the the relationship has maybe broken down and help them to come to terms with that because I think with a divorce it can feel a bit like a loss sometimes can't it almost like a a death with the different Mm -hmm. sort of stages of sort of grief pain anger um and And loss of control as well isn't it for a lot of times feeling powerless yeah 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 and so do you help people sort of work through those different stages yeah the first thing I'll say to them because it takes the pressure off you know that this that this is in your hands. You know you can decide between the two of you whether you you want to really repair this relationship. Because if they both want to, that they can. There is nothing to stop a couple. Mm. Because the, there's rules and there's laws and there's things that you should be doing in a relationship on a daily basis. And if you do that, it can't help but get better. It can't help reignite the passion, the joy, the laughter, the fun. We just forget how to do it. Yeah. Or we just don't bother. 
Yeah. Because everything else is is. And life is so busy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But if you know you you need to work on relationships, it's the same as anything. Mm. And do you, do you find that you will often get one person who is um, sort of very. Um, keen on coming to you for relationship counselling but then one the, the other party might be a little bit reluctant might be a little bit concerned about what to expect what what would you say to someone who was um, sort of a bit a bit fearful maybe would feel a bit silly coming along talking to a stranger how would you well sometimes it's as long as they feel safe I try and create a very safe environment for people to come into and they need to know that what they do tell me is completely and absolutely confidential. So the way I work with couples, and you're absolutely right, one of them will have coerced the other one into coming <laughs> along. They'll be going, yeah. oh no. And sometimes if it's an affair, the the person that's had the affair, is it, they will be the one that brings the other person in to try and smooth things over again and everything. But the other person is in the mind frame, well, I have done nothing. I'm, I'm innocent here. You've gone mm. off and you've had an mm. affair and it's all your fault. Yeah. And that's a very, very difficult platform to start any level, you know, conversations on. So I usually have to balance it up a bit because it takes two people to make a relationship and two people to break a relationship. And it's not just one thing. You know, you don't get married with the intent to, oh, well... I'm just going to make you unhappy or miserable. I'm going to go off and have an affair with somebody. No, no, that's right. Usually there's some, maybe some unhappiness in the relationship that maybe causes someone to feel like they need to look elsewhere. Absolutely. Have their sort of eye Well, that's all to do with the human needs. And a lot of people don't understand that at all. And But you do, there's six human needs that every single person on the planet have. And they have to be met. And if you're married, they need to be met within your relationship for your relationship to be passionate and joyful. And if you're going outside of it, if, if you're sort of like not focused on your relationship and you're getting them met through work or met through family or what, you know, sports or hobbies or anything else, if you're going outside, that is going to cause huge... If there is something that your partner feels is more important to you than they are, it's going to cause problems. So you know, it's it's so it must be quite like, helpful for people to understand what those those needs are, and and you know, because I mean, relationships require work, don't they? They don't, they don't they don't just happen, not at all. But it should be taught at school because mm-hmm. if you if you know this and you do it, you will you will mm-hmm. never have a your relationship will never ever ever end mm-hmm. because you'll carry on treating people the way you treated them at the beginning of a relationship, if you carry on doing that, it won't end. Mm -hmm. It's when life kicks in. I mean, quite a lot of the things we see, aren't they, are life-changing events like having children and those things. But on a smaller issue, I suppose, what we see is social media. (gasps) So people now are addicted to their phones. It's easy to make contact with old flames. You're looking at other people's highlighted lives. You think everyone else has got this exciting life and relationship and yours isn't. And um, I think I've certainly noticed from speaking to clients what impact um, social media um, and the use of technology now can have. It's huge. And the biggest problem for people is loneliness. Mm -hmm. So you can be sat in a house full of people. Mm -hmm. You know, there can be six of you in, in the house. 
and one will be watching the television, one will be on the, the mobile phone, one will be on a games console, mm. and one will, and it's usually actually men feel this um, a lot more because they they feel isolated mm. and they feel lonely and they don't feel understood because the the, the mother is usually the hub you know mm. and the children if they want anything they'll you know it'll be mom or, or whatever but it's usually the fathers or the men that, that feel isolated and alone and they don't know how to verbalize it mm. and feeling that you are isolated and you're on your own and you're not seen and you're not heard and you don't really matter and you've got no significance you know people come in from work and you know, a husband will come in from work and the wife will be watching the telly or on a phone or maybe in the kitchen or dealing with the children and he'll walk in and it'll be lucky if she will raise her eyes and look at him, mm. let alone run to the front door and give him a great big kiss and a hug and tell mm. him how much she's missed him. Mm. Mm. And, yeah. and, you know, we all need that. We need that presence. Yeah. And you should have 15 minutes where you sit down and you talk to each other and you look each other in the eye and you feel each other's energy and the television isn't on and the phone isn't going. Well, we, we've, mm. um, we're, we're running a, um, a little sort of competition um, here at the Family Law Company where we're all trying to get our screen time down. Um, That's so fantastic. And, you know, as, as lawyers, we're all quite competitive anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. For some of our team, spending 35 plus hours a week on their mobile phones, which is more than a working week. It's it's incredible. But it it just sneaks up on you and you don't realise how much you start to rely on them and how you can't live without them. Well, we're saying people don't do one thing at a time now. Even if you're watching telly, you're normally on your phone doing something else and you might be thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. So people are never really in the moment. No. Uh, but that's the difference between masculine energy and feminine energy. And, and that, that's why women are really, really good at multitasking. Mm-hmm. Um, because both sides of their brains are cons- constantly going on and off and, and working and everything. And they feel, if there's a problem for, for a feminine energy... Now, masculine energy and feminine energy doesn't mean it's man and woman. Because we've both got masculine and feminine energy within us. And we, we both have, have it available to us. But at your core, one of them is more, is more important to you and it's, it's your reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- th- these are problems that, you know, whether you're a same-sex couple or, you know, it's a husband and wife or whatever, the masculine and the feminine energy rises and falls. Mm-hmm. In a relationship, if that energy is plateaued and you're both either just wallowing in masculine energy or feminine energy... You are, you never, that, that will never, if you're both in the same energy, there'll be no passion. Mm. There'll be no love, there'll be no joy, there'll be joy and there'll be love, but it won't be passionate fun. Let's have laughter and fun and flirtation. Mm. One needs to be in feminine, one needs to be in masculine for it to really, really um, spark, to, to create electricity. Mm. But again, men are very singular, masculine energy, I shouldn't say men, masculine energy is very singular. If it's if there's a problem, it will go there, it will sort the problem out, it will focus on it, it will do it. Feminine energy like to feel the way through problems, they like to talk about it, like to communicate it and come up with, with an answer after they've talked it through. Men just want to go, logical, let's mm-hmm. fix this. 
and it, the, the fascination of those energies is if you know how to bring the polarity back mm. for a woman what will turn off her feminine energy immediately or the feminine energy will be turned off I keep saying men and women sorry <laughs> but if a woman doesn't feel safe mm. if she doesn't feel seen and she doesn't feel understood that will put a big emotional wall up mm. of protection because we see both sides don't we um you know on both sides of the um of the relationship and you'll you might have somebody who's at home with the children somebody working um and the person working all the hours will say well i thought i was doing the right thing because i was providing and i was you know we had a nice home we had holidays and the other person will say but i never saw that person and i want that person to be home more and when you get down to it they they often want the same thing but they haven't communicated it or they think the other wants something else well the, the the real bottom of that problem is that the if it's if it's the, the the feminine energy that's staying at home and the masculine energy is fulfilling his role outside he's got he's out there he's working he's got single-minded I want to get the mortgage paid off by you know in the next 20 mm. years I want to provide this for the children and everything else he's out there doing what he's in control and I'm working the feminine energy feminine energy wants to be seen mm. it wants to be heard wants to be understood it wants to be cherished it wants to be wanted that's what a, that's what feminine energy is mm. and the minute she's there she will sparkle she will whatever whoever it is will sparkle and have fun and and really be allowed to be a true in a true femininity mm. and if she's not being seen, she's not being heard, not feeling understood, if he's coming in from work and not saying, you know, how was your day, and then not listening to her, or not even, you know, if she's done herself up, put her makeup on and everything, he doesn't notice. Mm. It, it's little things, but that, him being out working and everything would be fine as long as he came back and, and really saw her mm. and heard her. But then on the other side of it, if a man, masculine energy, mm. needs to, to feel strong, needs to feel wanted again, mm. but in control, and the last thing, what will turn masculine energy away is if a man feels criticised, if he's just getting nagged all the time and mm. criticised, if he's being um, pushed away, closed off, if he you know if he if it's just pure constant criticism all the time you're not doing this or being controlled if he feels that he's being controlled in the, in the home mm. that again will turn out that will turn his masculinity right down mm. and then the two of them are one's not being seen one doesn't doesn't feel appreciated mm. and it just goes so there are lots of interesting sort of concepts that you know, we don't hear about it at school, you know, they're not totally. things that we're taught. We, we're taught. Um, and, you know, just, just before we started um, this podcast, we were talking about sort of self-education and what, what sort of things do you do around self-education? I actually learned, myself, I learned something. I do, um, it's an hour of power. So I learn something for 20 minutes every morning. So right. whether it's a book, whether it's a podcast, but I, I, I get, because that sets your brain, that puts it in the right place to, 
you're opening it immediately. Did you decide the night before what it is you're going to learn the next day? How do you... Yeah, because I've got, conclusion? like, I've got... When I know who's going to be coming in, I'll, I'll, I like to look at all different angles because if you help people see things in a different way, mm. the thing that they're looking at changes and it gives them the availability to, to just change the way they're acting because they're seeing it differently. So I like to get as much information as I can. So, yeah, it'll be... I mean, I'm reading The How of Happiness at the moment. I'm reading... I've got four books on overcoming grief and death on the go at the moment. Um, I've got, yeah, so I'll just pick one of them up, depending on who I've got coming in today. So how do you find time to do all of this? I'm in something called the 5am club, but actually I don't do it till the 6am club. So I get up at 6 every morning. I do my 20 minutes learning. I do 20 minutes of hit workout because that's, that gets rid of all the cortisol and everything that's built up over the night. You, you start a new day refreshed, mm-hmm. physically aware as well. And then a journal. I, I put down the things that I appreciate no. because mm-hmm. that is huge. It sounds, sounds a bit like, you know, sort of super, super you know, you've got it all. Superwoman. Superwoman. Uh, yeah. but you, well, what? no, because you, I haven't got young children. My children are grown up now and my grandchildren are only up the road. So yeah. I, I've got the I've got the pleasure of doing that. You so know? just just having talked about Superwoman there, what what would, if you had a choice and you could choose any superpower, oh. what, what do you think you'd, you'd have? Oh, that's really, really hard. Um... <laughs> I think I'd, I'd, no, not a fly in the wall because I don't want to be a fly. <laughs> <laughs> but the ability to visit people and see what their their lives are really like. So when they do turn up, you know, I've got a real insight because it takes quite a bit so like to get maybe to, to be invisible, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Just to go in and and see how they're getting on. Yeah. A bit like the Harry Potter invisibility cloak. Oh, well, I would love one of them. <laughs> You just turn up and then go, oh, I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> apparently a lot of my clients are saying, they, they say to each other, well, what would Sarah say? <laughs> oh, I like that. What would Sarah say? So do you give your clients homework? Yes. Yeah. There's no point in them coming in. They always have actions that they have to go. Because what I want to do is give them their power back. Because when a couple come in and they're sat there, they feel that they're completely powerless to, to make this better. Mm. But I... You, I'll see the couple first and then I see them both individually because that's the, they have to raise their own standards to Mm -hmm. raise the standard of the relationship again. So we, you know, and they'll tell me things obviously when they're by themselves quite quickly as to Mm -hmm. what the real problems are Yeah. and then I can create the bridge. And do you have to do that face to face? Do you see clients over Skype or? Uh, Yeah, I do. I've worked with clients in Canada. Yeah. Um, they just got my, they, they looked at my website and decided they wanted to work with me. I got right, okay. Yeah. Um, but look, I've got quite a few in London. But yeah, I've got a lot that come face to face. But the quickest, because this is a a society where they want really, really rapid results. Mm. And I I do three day retreats for couples. And you know when when they feel that there's nothing left, they've got nothing that they can do. Is that one couple at a time or lots of No, it's no, one right. one yeah. couple at a time because you need to get yeah. into the you know what the real problems are and and those three day retreats that they can go away from really, really being on the knees to mm. walking away with things that they know that they can do that will 
and have already made a huge difference. So that sounds sort of, you know, the work that you do is sort of quite intense. How do you relax? How do you sort of have downtime? How do you get away from, from it all? I love the water. I love getting yeah. out on a boat. Um, since you ladies introduced me to paddle boarding, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for the season to start again because I think that must, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it's Relaxing. so intense, isn't it? Because you're you're on the board, you're you're focusing on trying to stay on the board, yeah. um, and you just don't think about anything else. No, no phone, no phone. Yeah, no, that's, no phone. That's exactly. I can't wait for that to start again. But at the moment, I just do I do a little bit of yoga. I, yeah. I, I love. I absolutely love what I do. So. It doesn't it, it doesn't feel like work to me. It does drain you, yeah, but I mean that's why I have no problem picking up a book or watching a seminar or anything because it's like, wow, that's good. Can't wait to share that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sarah, yeah. it's lovely to speak to you. Oh, um, thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. I no, thank you. I feel thrilled. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for coming in. Thanks. It's been brilliant.